And welcome to the podcast. I'm Ross. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm Phil. And I will be doing that, by the way. I'll tell you in a sec. And this is Ross and oh. Phil Talk Movies. Oh, this is Ross and Phil Talk Movies. Shit. It is, up. it is, it is. So, Ross, um, so we, we didn't do any recording for a while because uh, you were busy and you were doing things. But one of those things you were doing, you went to Cannes. Con, Con oh. Film Fest. Con! <coughs> I went to the Jimmy, I went to the Jimmy Khan. <laughs> you went to the Jimmy Khan Film Festival. It was amazing. All those was Jimmy great. Khan and Ricardo Montalban films. Uh, and that the Jimmy Khan <laughs> Film Festival 2018. I think that's, um, you know, that's... Uh, Showing episodes of Fantasy Island and Las Vegas <laughs> for two weeks, and and then the occasional episode of uh, then the occasional Columbo. screening of Columbo. Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan Film oh, Festival and Colombo. Fuck Khan twenty eighteen. This time it's personal. <laughs> so I thought we could have a chat about Cannes because obviously oh. I used to go to Cannes a lot. Mm. Um, we've been to Cannes. We've we've. We've been yeah. there to try and punt movies. We've been there to try and make movies. We've been there to try and uh, do loads of things. So I thought. I thought we also could... be there and watch loads of awful movies. As well. also... So I thought we could do a little podcast, not just about your time at Cannes this year, um, but some reminiscing on some of our favourite memories from our Cannes Film Festival and your own okay. Cannes Film Festival. Obviously, you've done a lot more than me. My own. <laughs> your own. Your own. So look, I'm going to kick off. Right. Um, I'll ask you about. In fact, let's 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 go with because. The... The press reported that in a post-Harvey Weinstein world, um, it's a very different place, Can this year. <laughs> Did it feel different? Because it looked different. I mean, the pictures, there was less less blatant promotion everywhere. Because Can historically, so you've got the... Right, let's go, let's take it back even further. Ross, explain the Cannes Film Festival, because most people probably don't get the different elements. No. Um, most people who've seen... Um... Most people who see the news about the Cannes Film Festival mostly see, I guess, what you call the red carpet, and you see Tom Hanks or whoever walking up it and all that stuff. And that is about 2% of the Cannes Film Festival, and I should say the Cannes market, the Cannes Film Market, the Marche du Film, uh, which is... So there are actually two fairly distinct aspects to it, which are sort of next to each other, and because... The outside world don't really know what they're talking about and don't care to find out. They think it's the same thing, and it just isn't at all. It's not. Uh, you could just... you could quite happily separate the festival and the marche, yeah. And it, you could you probably you'd probably not lose anyone because they're two right, very exactly. different mar- very different areas, aren't they? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so we tend to be more concerned in our dealings with the market, which is primarily about the buying and selling of films. Uh, normally completed films or films that are perhaps in post-production uh, and sometimes, rarely, but sometimes selling, like pre-selling a film. Uh, you ha- and you have some companies that very successfully pre-sell films. In fact, I think if I remember correctly, Canon Films pretty much started that by pre-selling films with, a, with attaching very big cast. And then and by buyers... pre-selling, you mean that yeah. there might be like, a, there might be a sizzle wheel because there might be some kind of generic Sometimes. stock action. Usually, usually amazing artwork. Yeah, <laughs> usually great. just... So, so if you ever get a second, just Google can market artwork because some of the posters... I mean, you you will go to Cannes and you will believe that every film has a helicopter in it. Oh, a helicopter and a giant octopus and uh, 
an exploding nuclear power station. Yeah. And yeah, it's great. I mean, they're all brilliant. None of that actually happens in most of those films. So you've got you've got the market, and there are there are like kings of the market. So historically, you had um, companies like Canon, but now Golan Globus used to yeah, Golan Globus. And again, we'll talk about when I first met him. Mental fucking bloke. Um, But then, then of course, you've got like the the current kings of Cannes, people like New Image, who Millennium now, Millennium now. Yeah, New Image isn't even there anymore. I mean, New Image were the king of Cannes, so they were like the. the fucking hell, if you could find a, a low-budget horror or action film starring someone that was once famous, it was probably done by them. <laughs> They've got all sensible now. And Troma. Troma were always huge in Cannes. They're done now. They, I don't think, I think... I think, if I remember correctly, I think Lloyd refused to do the parade this year. Wow. I, I didn't even see it. It was the first time I've been in Cannes where I haven't seen him, if I remember correctly, as well. Wow. Which is a shame. Yeah, there's definitely stuff going on. Yeah, because, well, I think they've changed their distribution model quite heavily now, haven't they? I would imagine so. Troma. So, so you've got these two different areas. You've got, you've got the kind of red carpet, tuxedo, big festival uh, with the judges, and then you've got this kind of, basically, this fucking boot fair for, car, for, for movies. Yes, fair enough, actually. <laughs> or, or, or used, used car sales. From, actually, it's not, it is, it's no, not it's, There are some companies like that, actually. There there are. Are and it does feel like that. You kind of go into this massive hall and there's like posters for films that you'll never see. Or they'll end up being renamed something completely different. Well, there's that too. You, you, I mean, I will say in the last <laughs> few years, a lot of the artwork and stuff seems to have In fact, one of the most notable things this year was walking along the Croissette towards the Palais, which is the Palais de Festivals where most of this is held. There's a couple of hotels where stuff are as well, but primarily it's the Palais, which is a big convention centre, basically, for those who don't know. Walking along the Croissette, it was notable that there was extremely little film advertising. Like, the Carlton Hotel, which is usually has a very big film, had, uh, obviously, Mission Impossible 6. It also had uh, uh, Solo, like a, a big display for Solo. And then, for the most part, there was virtually no film, like, no noticeable film advertising. You had the companies with their banners and stuff outside the Grand Hotel and so forth, but there was almost no, certainly no noticeable posters for films or films that people are hoping to get made or anything just not there at all it and was quite depressing that's yeah and it must have been because because that's kind of one of the fun of um yeah. of can is, is the over the topness i mean I, we've been there and we've seen um big pirate boats out at sea do you remember that year with the, the, I, the big I still i still i i know sean cronin still very well <laughs> sure, sure we're actually selling a film that sean made uh, recently, never made that, that fucking that pirate movie, though, did he? Bastard? No, no, he had he had really big stuff. I should get him on the podcast. He he had he he got arrested that year. He brought his mass, that massive pirate ship in in, and he got arrested. And it's all he's got all sorts of weird and wonderful stories, Sean, about Can. So actually, might be on a, we've never had a guest, have we? So far, we've never had a guest. Let's have a guest. Think about that. Let's Sean, have him. He'd for, be amazing. For, for those who don't know, Sean Cronin is a, is a very prolific, uh, in many ways, genre filmmaker. Not always genre, but and he's been in quite a lot of big films himself. He's got an amazing, like, cruel-looking face. I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying that. Uh, and he's a, very much a darling of things like Rain Dance and, and so forth. And so he's very active participant in the film industry the indie film industry certainly um and yeah no it's just funny that you bring that up because we were talking about it the other day that was when we first met him yeah so, i mean um, that was that was a mental yeah. year because you had that and then yeah even the publicity stunts from the higher budget films right so well, remember there was an Exp- when expendables first came out there was a massive military thing going on there yeah there, there was, was nothing like that this year. yeah there was a whole load of things this year i mean again i was only there for a handful of days but there was nothing noticeable like nothing the buzz aspect has unfortunately gone. No, is that the and Harvey thing? 
No, no. Whatever people say about stuff like that, it's just, there was a hilarious, and I shouldn't say it like this. There was a hilarious uh, email that went like a circular email that went round saying that that there was a hotline being set up in Cannes for um, for people who felt they were being sexually harassed or molested or something. Which, by the way, by the way, that's good. I mean, that a hotline exists would is a good thing in theory. Except for, I wonder how many people prank called that. Because I can't imagine, it's, it's just such a, there are people who go out to Cannes who literally whore themselves out in Cannes uh, without being rude. And the idea of a hotline for harassment in a place like that is just hilariously funny. Like, it, it's it, beyond a joke. And condescending, quite frankly, except for the objective fact of it is good that there is some a number someone can call if there is genuinely a horrible thing happening to them. That's, yeah, of course. Yeah. But, but I mean, but just, if you think about the atmosphere of that place, that is just the stupidest thing. So, so you've got. So you've I don't think it's the Harvey thing. I don't think it's the Harvey thing that affected anything. I think it's the fact that the market is basically getting smaller and smaller, and they're not willing to admit it or move it for times. And that is that <laughs> is a massive point. So we mm. when same we studios. First, studios do not move with the time. Most studios no, do not move with the time. So they when, just complain about stuff. When we first went to Cannes. Um, and I'm thinking, so we must have, I must have first gone to Cannes in 2005, maybe 2004. I, th- I want to say it was over four or five. It was the year before we finished Left for Dead, our first I film. Say, it must have been 2004 I want, I want to say then. Four. I want to say four. Yeah, it must have been. So we went, <laughs> we went 2004. And I just remember that, I just remember the insanity, the buzz, Ooh. the people handing out flyers on the streets, the... The movies you could go and see that you'd never—I mean, there, there are movies I saw at that festival that I, I literally have never heard of since. Remember, head, uh, was it Head Rush? Head Rush, the Huey Morgan film, the Irish uh, drug comedy, which was one of yeah, my favourite films we saw. For, it's a really it's, great film. I really have a copy of that still. I managed to get a yeah. pirate copy of it years ago because it mm-hmm. never—it never came out. It came out in Ireland in about three territories and never came out. And it still—it still holds up. It's still very funny. I still remember um, Love Object, which at least did come out here. Love Object DVD. was great. That was amazing. I'll never forget seeing Adrian Foyadeli's face when he came out, because we, we all went, and then he went to see the second screening, yeah. and he came out, and he was so happy. <laughs> it was such a good film. It was so good. Yeah, um, Love yeah. Object was... Yeah, if, you ever, if you get the really chance, dark. look up Love Object. It's a really, really good... Um, dark comedy, sort yeah. of. Yeah, but, but hardly, hardly ever seen at all. So yeah. obviously the, the the pirate boat thing was a was a massive memory for me, and um, the Troma parade and the Troma kind of marketing was was awesome because I loved Troma films growing up. So seeing kind of getting to meet uh, Lloyd Kaufman was was quite fun. Um, my first my first memory of Cannes was m- meeting Menachem Golan. Um, so so Ross, tell 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 everyone if they don't know who he is, tell them tell them who he is. Well, was unfortunately. Was, was. Yeah, um, yeah, he was. He was a, a pr- very prolific uh, producer oh, with with, uh, with uh, Yoram Globus uh, and formed Canon Films. So he used to make films in Israel and then made the jump to Hollywood. Uh, and they, yeah, they essentially ruled the camp market for uh, ten years, probably late, late eight, mid to late eighties to the early. 90s. And you're talking films like um... oh, American films that changed my life. Personally, yeah, Adventure American Ninja, Ninja, American Ninja. Uh, the break, the breaking movies or break dance movies, as they were known over here. They also did some amazing, genuinely amazing films like Runaway Train. It's fantastic, and Oscar, I think, won an Oscar or two, if I remember correctly. Um, and they've done, yeah, loads and loads of films. If you and if, if you're interested yeah. in canon, He Man, Master of the Universe, He Man, yeah, Master of the Universe. 
which I still think to this day is a massively underrated film. I love it. <laughs> I love that film. I mean, it's terrible, oh, and also, but it's brilliant. Uh, Superman 4, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. But, and, and, but and they made the Superman, film... Welcome. So, so Superman 4 was kind of at the end of their... Um... Well, it, Superman 4 was the film that essentially Christopher Reeve agreed to make if they would make Street Smart. And Street Smart, which introduced the world to Morgan Freeman properly, Street Smart is an amazing film. Like, oh, it's a tremendous thriller. Morgan Freeman. So they did they did a lot of stuff. And they, they sold some some third-party films as well under their, and also under their brand. And also they had a chain of cinemas. They, they had cinemas in Brighton and all around the place. So, um, yeah, so and, hold and on. Now, you know when sometimes you don't make a link between the obvious? Mm. Canon cinemas were... Towards Canon. Yeah. No. Yeah, of course. I you had never, the Canon logo. I mean, now you tell me this, I think about yeah. it, and I'm like, what a fucking course it was. Yeah. That's oh why I saw, I, I saw Master of the Universe in the Canon Cinema in Brighton. Do you know what? I think I would have done as well. That is, yeah. that is the best thing ever. So oh, if you're interested in that, there's a great documentary about Canon films. Oh, there's a few. There's uh, a Electric few. Boogaloo. Electric Boogaloo is one. The other one, and there's a couple of others, but the other one around the same time as Electric Boogaloo is called The Go-Go Boys, which is much more specifically about yeah, going yeah, in Globus. Yeah. It's tremendous. They're both excellent. Yeah, The Go-Go Boys is really, really good as well. Mm. Um, and obviously, so we met him, so 2004, so it would have been well after his height of his uh, fame. Oh, yeah. And yeah. well after the height of his success. And it's fair to say, and I'm not being harsh, but it's fair to say he was probably on the decline of his career at that point. Uh, it's unfortunately true, yeah. Physically and kind of, you know, um, success-wise. And he was, I can't remember any of the films he was selling, but some of them were utter bollocks. Mm. Uh, and just super, at, super Ninja, super, if I, yeah. <laughs> I think. Which, and we actually spoke wrong, to him about selling, selling um, Left for Dead, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. It, so. it was one of those conversations where you walk away and you're like, I'm not sure if I've just sold the global rights to that film for £20 billion pounds, or <laughs> if he's just mad. And it turned out he was mad. Sort of. Well, I don't think he was actually mad. I think it was just an unfortunate state at the time. Really. Yeah, but he was, he was a real character. Um, yeah. my, <clears throat> my ultimate all-time favourite memory of Can. And I'll go over to you in a sec, but my memory's so bad that I have to say something so I remember it. My ultimate all-time memory of Can was meeting the nicest person in the world and i'm for once i'm not talking about gary daniels who also <laughs> sits up there as one of my nicest yes. that, that week in can where we spent basically the whole week with gary and, and yeah was, cool. was insane yeah. um but it was it was meeting interviewing meeting and having one of the most insane conversations with um uh the dragon don wilson don the dragon wilson it was just yeah he's the best it's just Friends, friends to this day. <laughs> he is one of the best characters, and I—I I mean, that year at Cannes, I think I must have ended up having ten forty-five-minute-plus conversations with the guy. And oh yeah, every yeah, single that is one. Wonderful, so much time. Every single one was just a stare. I, I remember one year, like passing, um, so like introducing him to someone, who then introduced him to someone, who then introduced yes. him to someone, and I came back and I got introduced to him. And he was in yeah. the same place, and he must have been there about three hours. Yes, it, easily. <laughs> easily. <laughs> but he was great. And he was lovely about him. He does actually genuinely make time for people. He He's does. had such a long and illustrious career, not just as like a, I don't want to say B movie, but, you know, martial arts movie actor. No, but it is what but, it but is. But also as, as a kickboxing legend as well. And, and like, he's... He's had such an illustrious career and a really interesting life. Uh, and he's such so easygoing and, and good-natured. Um, yeah, lovely guy. And... And just the right amount of batshit mental as well. Oh, yeah. No, he's definitely got a bit crazy, but that's what's great. <laughs> and that's... I, I'm not even going to go into the whole 
there's a specific story. If you ever meet me and yes, Ross, if you ever meet me and Ross, right, I will, I'm not going to tell it on the podcast because it doesn't feel. I was wondering. Fair. I was wondering if you were going to talk about it. I don't really want to talk but about it. On the podcast. If you ever Wonderful. meet me and Ross, ask us about the Don the Dragon Wilson airplane conversation, and we will. It was the you. first. It was the first conversation. We it wasn't the first conversation. It was the first was thing he said. Yeah, I know. Like it was literally, not even an introduction. It was straight into this, and <laughs> it feels bad to talk about. It. I hate it when people do this, but it's yeah. it's just it's a bit. It's just you know, it, but it is brilliant. So Ross, yeah. any any memories of you from Can? I mean, loads. Like uh, obviously, uh, Gary meeting Matthias Hughes for the first time, which was hilarious. Oh, um, I, I didn't. I wasn't there. I, I'd obviously oh, spoken to him on the phone, oh, but I've amazing, never met him. funny. Uh, and then seeing him watching you get into a Re- Renault Clio and drive away was <laughs> funniest things I've ever seen in my life. You had to be there, uh, and I mean, lots of. We watched the Matrix. We watched the Matrix. Reloaded. Re- reloaded, and I think I made our friend Kevin quite angry because of the fact I was so angry at the film. Kevin loved <laughs> it, and, yeah, and, and you so spent angry. the entire film doing this, going, "Oh, what the fuck!" I was like, "What oh. the fuck!" I was so angry at the film. Um, oh, I, on a, a couple of personal notes, I got into in the. I got invited to go and see the Takashi Miki film, Harry Kiri. Now, I love 13 Assassins. Harry Kiri is a very different film. It's mostly a film about people killing themselves over two hours, which was horrifying to me. Um, and I got into an argument with John Hurt afterwards, so that was quite funny. <laughs> he, I, he asked me what I thought of it. It was really nice. Um, and he asked me what I thought of the film, and I said I hated it. He said he loved it. It was like a Greek tragedy. And I knew he was right, but I, I couldn't bring myself to agree with him. <laughs> so my last conversation with John Hurt was basically a slightly dragged down shouting <laughs> match about how much I hated this film. It was quite entertaining. Nice. It was really nice. He was lovely. He was lovely. Um, I remember and a meeting. few other that meeting Van Dam a few times. That was really cool. You know, really fun. Brian Cox um, was a highlight for me, but only because oh, Brian was... Cox and Brendan Gleeson. You remember that? Yeah, so Brian Cox was, was particularly awkward because I mm. smoked back then. So mm. I was smoking and I was smoking and the smoke was blowing in someone's face <sighs> and I could hear this person coughing. And I turned round to just, I was like, oh, shit, better turn around. And, have a look. and I turned around and basically there was Hannibal Lecter standing there. And I was like, oh, fuck. Um, sorry. And then I walked mm. off really embarrassed that I just blown smoke into the face of one of the Britain's best actors. <laughs> well, I'm sure he's had worse. I'm, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure he's had. He's, 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 he's swept Steven Seagal. So. Oh God, yeah, no, he's probably had. He's yeah. probably had much worse. So great, great memory for me. And this is one that you were involved in. Was was the time we we were interviewed, or I was interviewed for Sky TV for Left for Dead. Do you remember that? So we got invited down to. <sighs> we were at a British party in the morning. We I'd had a bit to drink because I thought drinking at 10 o'clock in the morning was fun. We got the call from Sky, and then we, we ended up going to the Quasette, and I, was, I ended up being interviewed. And it was a live interview with Sky News. And oh. I remember being... being oh, yeah, I remember, I remember this. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember, remember being put this. onto camera, and I, so I had, like, like the, the studio in my ear, I can't see them, obviously, they can see me. And the, 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 the producer was just like, Look, don't swear, it sounds interesting. I was like, okay, I can do this, not a problem at all. And then literally the opening line was, so uh, we're here with Phil Hobden, uh, um, producer of film Left for Dead. He's currently in Cannes uh, trying to sell this film. Now, Phil, you, you remortgaged your house to get this film made, didn't oh, you? Oh, yeah. What the fuck? And I was like, yes. um, okay, this is going to be interesting. Because obviously I didn't even own a fucking house then. No. They blatantly went with a lie. And then I remember then going on to a massive rant about the state of the British film industry and being cut off. Um, and that was it. <laughs> Hooray. Hooray. It was the only time at Cannes, though, I've ever been checked out. 
by women. Because, um, you know, uh, it's a, as a below average looking guy in, a, in, in the world of very good looking people. Um, it's very easy to be ignored. But you put a camera on a below average looking guy and <laughs> every woman in Cannes turns around and looks at you and checks you out. I said to find charm works, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I don't have that either. So I'm double fucked. <laughs> Basically, I'm now just going to get a cat. But so I, I, I just remember that because it was the most insane bullshit. And I'm, yeah. you know, we, we, we put some fucking bullshit out there. Jesus Christ. I mean, there's probably 150 reviews on the internet for Left for Dead that I wrote in one way or another. <laughs> and that's being generous. There's probably far more, um, if I'm being honest. Um, far, far more. But so, so, so bullshit is part of the thing, isn't it? Selling a movie, it, it's what you do. Somewhat. I, I would say hustling rather than bullshit. I don't have time for bullshit. Hustling isn't so bad. Hustling is good. Hustling coming, is a good way. If it's coming from the right place, hustling's fine. I think bullshit's the problem. So, so Ross, what was the biggest problem with Left for Dead? Oh, so many. Well, the fact that we let it go out with half an hour too long material no, no, still in it. I, mean, I, was, I was thinking one specific problem that a sales agent had with the film. I'm trying to remember. I don't remember. Oh, you're talking about, oh, wait, 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 wait. Uh, yeah, one guy said to us he didn't understand why someone was outside one minute and then they were inside another minute. How did they get there? Yeah. If that's the thing. And we were like, they probably used the door. Like, I don't understand how this is a problem. He's a really nice guy, by the way. Yeah, no, but, he's um, a lovely guy. And do you yeah. know what? So so I won't fall names again, I won't give, but he's Tony, right? And he, mm. he slated the film that year and he, yeah. he, he was obsessed with this indoor-outdoor thing. He did, um, just to be clear to, you, to, our, to our listeners, he couldn't understand how a character was outdoors in one scene and then the next scene they were indoors. And there was no shot of them going through And the there door. was no shot of them specifically entering a building, which if you watch films today and TV today, people do things like hang up on each other without saying goodbye or start talking without saying hello. People are indoors and outdoors, in cars and out of cars. Look at Game no, of no for fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah. They we're, literally we're go from one island, one part of West to the next. 24. 24, getting across Los Angeles, whatever. <laughs> and he just couldn't, he couldn't seem to pass in his head the idea that a guy would have got in the building, like, between scenes, sort of, like, somehow he could have transported and himself it, into a building. But what, <laughs> what made it best was not this guy, Tony, um, yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll say the really nice thing he said in a minute, but with yeah. the other guy, oh, the other who, guy was the amazing. Other guy, he sat there, and went, "You should listen to." Th-. He was like, he went out of nowhere. He he literally walked over yeah. from nowhere, and he's basically he's we couldn't work out if he was actually part of Tony's company, but he's like, "You should listen to Tony," and he was like, basically, if you imagine a cheap version of Marlon Brando, or it was like Brando or Christopher Walken or something like a very strange, <laughs> it, it, like unplaceable actor, Tony kind of. Tony has been in this industry for a long time. <laughs> you should listen to Tony. Tony's barely good at what he does. And he was completely unbidden. Like it was like it wasn't like Tony called him over. He no, just, no, he just, just kind of walked over. And, so and then Tony went went to great lengths to show us a scene from one of his movies mm. where a guy walks through a door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, this is how we can see the guy has entered the, see, the room. See, as Tony said. He's outdoors, he goes through a door, then he's indoors. And that it you know, makes clear. sense. It's all clear. Yeah, we were like, uh-huh. Like, <laughs> it was just like... Mm. In justification, a year later, Tony, um, yeah. Tony came up to us. So our film was being sold by a company called Worldwide, uh, Worldwide Films International. Worldwide, Worldwide Entertainment. Films. Barbara Munch. Right. She was awesome. And she was awesome. And uh, she probably still is. I don't think she's dead. I think she's, I think she's still around, yeah. Um, and, so, and she had one of the biggest stands at the market, weirdly. So we ended up on one of the biggest stands at the market. She always had this bit on the, up, up the staircase. It was huge. 
Yeah. And the Left 4 Dead poster, which, referring back to Rossi's point earlier, had explosions and helicopters and oh, yeah, Glenn Salvage and some weird cowboy boots and double guns, wasn't it? Something crazy like that. I don't remember. It was Absolute mental artwork that had no bearing on the film whatsoever. New York skyline, if I remember rightly. Um, yeah. It was set right. in Brighton. Um, <laughs> and, but Tony came up and he, he saw the poster, he remembered the film, and he said, do you know what, guys? You, you did well. Yeah, he was, really, well he was genuinely one of the, the nicest people to us. Yeah, he was. And, you know, I, that, that always, that kind of, um, I guess that kind of humbleness really, really kind of stuck with me. No, I agree. I completely agree. I think it's, it's interesting how people can. And he didn't want anything out of us. He just genuinely came over and was just nice and said, congratulations, guys, and stuff. So, fair enough. <laughs> you know? so, so, it was also where we met David Hannay. Yes, absolutely. One of, one of the greatest uh, characters in Cannes. Became uh, somewhat of a mentor as well. Yeah, Hannay, Hannay developed in a mentor. He helped us get 10 dead men sold. Um, you know, he was a personal friend, to, a very good friend to you. Um mm. I I had a strained relationship with Hannay, but I yeah, yeah we came good in the end and we we made it up and you know we yeah. we got talking game which was lovely and sadly yeah. Hannay passed away a few years ago but Hannay produced like um some of the, oh, man the like the man, man from, from Hong, Hong Kong, Kong for fuck's sake yeah. the man from Hong a, Kong yeah Stone which is a biker classic he's done loads loads of films basically. but like so and his passing just went completely unnoticed in the UK mm. and America sadly but he yeah. he was the, like the birth of the Australian genre film. Absolutely, he was one of the heads of like, one of the people at the head of all exploitation. Probably without him, there would have been no Mad Max. I would, I would say. I don't know for sure, but I don't think that's unfair. Like, I think he launched the genre industry over there. Yeah, very much. Um, so we we hung around with Hannay a lot. He looked like Father Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> very and very jovial, and he could be a, he could be acerbic sometimes. But, oh my god, he was but he'd be too, but he'd seen so much of it. Yeah, he and he'd it was been fascinating. There. And spending, so I spent a couple of cans with him and, and other, spending time with him was, was a real lesson in, in how to do things. Yeah, and he was never, he was never kind of um, huge in terms of, a, 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 in terms of his success or in terms of what he did. But he, he had a, a, a very respected cult status. And yeah, he was, um, he was awesome. Yeah, yeah, he was as a character for sure. And so, Ross, t- just mention about the year after he died and the kind of the feeling there. It was well, they did actually have like a kind of a, a tribute memorial thing at a restaurant that he he was a bit of a patron of, and um, it was actually quite sad to be honest. It was it was quite moving. Um, he, I mean, he was acknowledged by a good number of people actually, more like business peers, if that makes sense, industry peers rather than, I guess, what you would call fans. What you know, however you interpret that. Um, and it was, yeah. It was it was quite moving actually. I mean, yeah. still, I'm still in touch with people. I'm still in touch with people because of him, who knew him, you know. And um, he, he was a he was just one of the good guys, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, any other any other memories of Can? Obviously, the pirate ship year was amazing. So maybe <laughs> you standing next to this fucking eight foot tall hulk yeah. of a bloke. Unfortunately, he passed away not long after. He no, was he was also really? in Ban- he was in he was in Banley Trez, the the Luke Besson produced film. Oh, he was the parkour movie. Yeah, yes, he was, he was wasn't like he? the main main fighting villain at the end of that. Uh, and he, he actually done a few things. I'm trying to remember. I'm, trying, I'm looking him up right now to remember his name because he was a really nice. He was a bit of a gentle giant, quite frankly. Yeah, he was. He was Dist- District thirteen for people who who uh, who don't know the name. Bear me one sec. I am quickly looking it up uh, simply because he was a really nice guy. Yeah, he was. He was genuinely great. Oh, where is he? Sorry, two seconds. 
Oh, come on. <laughs> Sorry, things will go through the cast trying to find someone quite quickly. It never works. Oh. It never works. Um, it's not on there. Strange. Sorry. I, um, um, yeah. Do you remember the Korean sex comedy? I, oh, yes, I do. Oh, but hang on. I don't think I saw Was it Nice Dreams or something? Wet Dreams. I don't, wet Dreams. I don't think I saw that. I think that was one of the ones you guys saw, but I didn't see. Uh, wet, see, that was a great film, a Korean sex comedy. And I, yeah. I blagged a copy of the sequel years later and watched that. <sighs> and that, that was quite good fun. Yeah. yeah, that guy's, for some reason, he's not on the, um, he's not on the credits. I'm just yeah. spinning through quickly. He was a British guy. He was a really nice guy. Yeah, he was a lovely. He was a lovely bloke. So, so yeah. Um, any any other any other hmm. memories of Cam for you? I mean, loads to be honest. Um, but uh, I'm trying to think of some of the best. I, mean, I like we we stayed at that campsite, which was hilarious. <laughs> so t- um, tell tell the story you told me the other day that I'd forgotten. Oh about. God, this is the most amazing thing. Um, we, <laughs> one year you'd have to remind me of the year. We one year we were passing by the train station. I think we heard it must little... have been two thousand and five. It was a year we sold Left for Dead. Sounds about right. Yeah, we heard we heard a voice go hashish, and um, one of our number one of our numbers stopped. Yeah, one of <laughs> our number who who well yeah it was A. So we yeah, say a. a A could find you know like like. Um, dogs could find like a, a scent of a bloodhound could find a scent of blood, or or like. Is this a nice comparison? No, but 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 aid aid could attract a literally sniff it out a, a drug dealer in the middle of yes. the fucking Sahara Desert. He just has that knack <laughs> about him. It's fabulous. Um, and bought two sticks of resin, if I remember correctly. Yes, no, it was yeah for not hardly any money. Oh, it was anyway, cheapest chips. And went through it, but there was stacks of it left by the end. Yeah, like, and we, we smoked a lot. I do remember him saying at one point, I can't finish it. It was like really sort of disconsolate. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we sold it. Anyway, we, but the point is we kept a bit of it. And in this campsite, uh, Pegoma, if I remember the name Pegoma? correctly, yep. camping to Pegoma, uh, we, in this caravan we were staying in, we put the, the remaining resin into, I think it was like a tin of mints. And, um, yeah, it was like, like a smint tin, wasn't it? Yeah, it was something like that, um, or like some little giveaway or something. And then you put it, if I remember, yes, you put it in the top of the caravan, there was like a row of lights with like a thin plastic sort of um, border or something. And you essentially jammed in the tin between the plastic and the ceiling. Yeah. Essentially, something like that. And we just thought, next year, let's see if Give the same caravan. Yeah, it was kind of a running joke, wasn't it, for, for us? It was like, yeah. let's get the same caravan, and I wonder if it will still be there. Yeah, let's see if we can actually, uh, you know, do that. And then when it came to booking for the next year, because we still hadn't figured out, let's actually stay in Cannes rather than camping. Yeah, I, um, I don't know why we thought that would be a better idea. To be fair, the campsite was lovely. It was a lot of fun. It was just, yeah. yeah. And, and that uh, year, I think the second year, didn't we have something like 10 of us in what effectively oh, was, was like bonkers. five people's sleeping areas? It was crazy. It was, it was it was genuinely good laugh. But um, if I so I remember correctly, you you requested the same caravan and they said yes. And then I'm not sure if it was when we got there or just before we got there. They said we couldn't have that one and yes. they given us another one. We're like, mm, right. But when they took us to the caravan, it was the same caravan as last year. And we Absolutely. Were like, yes. And as they opened the door, you literally pushed past the guy. <laughs> Got up on top of a table. It's like a kitchen table, like a, a dinette table under the lights. Put your hand up and pulled out the tin, and we were like, "Yes!" It was, <laughs> and it was still there. It and was, it was two so things. gangster. It was yeah, unbelievable. You didn't, you didn't say a thing. You just, you just walked in the 
did it, which was great. And then and the two things that occurred to us were, first of all, great hiding place. Secondly, they don't clean their lights very often. It was a weird thing as well, because it turned out, because we stayed there for a few years, and it turned mm. out that without me even knowing, it was run by the, the family of my old boss who I worked with on the boat, um, Ali. Mm. And, and I knew her and I knew her brother and I knew Kurt, her partner. And they were all there one year. And I was just like, That's holy fuck, this is the weirdest thing. So um, one of my other memories, and I can't remember who it was for the life of me, but one of our crew one year, or one of our associates one year, ended up pissing in the toilet next to Tarantino. What was memorable about that was he didn't come out and tell us he was pissing in the toilet next to Tarantino. He also didn't take a look. I mean, let's be honest. You'd, you'd look, wouldn't you? I Fucking mean, nowadays right. you'd, you'd get a flash. You'd be like, click. <laughs> um, and then he'd do one of his famous rants at you. I'm sure. Uh, or, they'd, or he'd ask you to just send him a pic. <laughs> um, there was also an actor friend who was literally in the toilet with Tarantino. Oh, not literally in the toilet. That'd be a bit weird. But in the toilets and Tarantino was there and he didn't have his showreel on him. <laughs> it's like and not that it would have really made any difference in the real world but still you know are we that, saying that tarantino of, hangs of, around a lot in toilets sure he can why not <laughs> i'll put that out there i don't mind <laughs> it's feet mate he likes feet um yeah he my, likes, my he likes other feet memory up. and i know we've, we're gonna have to do all this podcast to a close in a minute but i think we could probably do this again but my other memory was the year um we were selling 10 dead men and it was the year revenge of the sith came out oh yes we got best yes i remember very <laughs> so well we we were we, we completely gone the wrong way we were trying to get over to the boats and for, somehow so for anyone who knows well for anyone who knows the palais because this is the best way to describe where we were we were around by where the, there's a building called the maritime which is the low building where you get accreditation from diff, like certain accreditation from if you don't get free accreditation. it's not somewhere just for people who don't know and from where we were trying to get to i don't know how we managed to get where we were because it's not somewhere mm. you should have got to not anymore well, well, actually, Nowadays, it's a more regularly travelled path because there's another entrance there now to the palais. Ah. Uh, ra- sort of, like round the back. You, that area isn't the entrance, but yeah, it's it's a bit more well-travelled now from when we were there. Because so, like, when, we, when we were there, it was basically where all the photos were taken. Yeah, and that's But we it. didn't know that. Before they got, before, so all the yeah. photographs of famous people getting out of cars before they go to the red carpet, that's where they were taken. Yeah. And so we were, we were walking around and, and literally we were stood having a conversation. We were stood in front of this fence and oblivious to the world around us. And on one side, these Renault fucking... Must, must have been that resin. It must, I think it must have been. <laughs> uh, on one side were Renault something or others, the cars, that, the fucking town cars that they always used to use in Cat. And the other side were a bundle of photogra- photographers. And we were, the, we were the, the car side of the fence rather than the photographer side of the fence. And all of a sudden, like, the first door opens, and I, I, I kind of look at Ross, and we kind of look up, and I'm like, Ooh. that looks like Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, yeah. And then, that geezer looks, looks exactly like Samuel exactly. L. Jackson. And then another door opens, and it's like, that looks quite like Natalie Portman. <laughs> yeah. and, then, and I think the next one was Ewan McGregor, and... and, and and at that point, I could hear a lot of shouting. Yeah, get out of the way. Yeah, it was basically, <laughs> get out the get fucking out, way. <laughs> get out the fucking way. And it turned out that we somehow got in between. It doesn't make any sense how we did it as well. We were genuinely just wondering. Like, we I don't were, think we, we had any agenda We were trying to get whatsoever. to the boats. We were trying to get yeah. to the boats where we had a meeting. And we were yeah. genuinely in between the photo call for Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, <laughs> the media on one side, 
And basically these pale, chubby, weird-looking fucking blokes from... It was us and I think Aidan and, and Kev, I think, that year. Or maybe not. Probably. I don't know. But well, whoever, there, was a few, um, there was a few There was a few. of us. That year, there was a few. And so we were just stood in the middle, just kind of going, um, what the actual fuck? We've got, <laughs> and it was like... And security weren't even bothered by us. And, no, and this is the thing that can. You can find... I mean, I remember finding myself... I mean, you literally were, like, pointing at me one year in the Carlton and the Grand Hotel... Grand Hotel, was it? Or Carlton Hotel? Which is the big Probably the Carlton. I think it's more like the Carlton. Carlton. And you're time. pointing at me and you're like, you're kind of saying, behind you. Behind yeah. You. And I was stood next to Salma Hayek, literally like <laughs> within the same distance I'm to this microphone. I remember one year walking past Roland Emmerich on the staircase, one year literally walking into Eva Longoria as she's trying to get into a car. I was drunk and I stumbled into her. And that's kind of the madness of a can at its best is you can be stood next to these incredibly famous people. I am so shit though, I literally never fucking notice. Yeah. Whereas you well, are like a fucking god at radar. that. Radar. Radar. <laughs> you are a I, literal god at that. I, th- I think, I mean, the sad thing is that stuff in general doesn't seem to happen as much anymore. Like it happens, some, it, it does it? happen sometimes. You occasionally glance someone, but it's, I think it's much, I don't know if this is the right phrase yet. I think it's probably slightly better managed than it used to be. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was a bit. It was a bit. So, so you, 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 you have a new, rep, a new uh, um, uh, nickname, don't you? No, please don't. Say <laughs> it's, not, it's not me. I don't say it. Ross Other is the king it. of can. No, I'm not. Stop you are it. the king. Yes, you are. No, no yes, you are. There not. There'll be other people. There's bound to be other. Look, I know some people, and then and then uh, our friend, well, my good friend Andy Polistides, who's lovely. I hope I've said his surname right. Um, he, he coined the term because of that book, King of, which, funny enough, the book King of Town features Michael Hurst. He does, a friend, uh, long-term um, uh, associate yeah, of ours. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good book. Um, and, and he sort of just sort of laughingly applied it, and then other people didn't think it was funny and kept using it. And I'm like, oh, please stop. Um, and <laughs> so, the, funniest, the funniest bit was I was with, with a, a reasonably new friend in, uh, in Cannes this year, and he kept kind of going on about it to the point where on the final night, we were at a bar, and like on one of these outside bars, I don't know if this is going to just sound like a humble brag, but um, he, there was some guy who was pissed, like walking towards us. There was just a whole load of us in the, in the out in the street. And, it, and basically one of my actor friends, very talented chap, sort of went, make way for the king of can. And the guy who was drunk kind of stumbled and kind of went, oh, oh, and kind of like backed off. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It was so strange. Uh, we were laughing so well, hard about that. Well, thank you but very much. Listen, listen, hang on. Before there's bound to be seventy other guys who know a load of people whose friends probably say the same thing about them, and I just want to put that out there. Okay. Well, look, thank you very much for joining me, King of Can. Oh, shut up. <laughs> so look, that's the end oh, of the podcast. Oh, um, if you actually, do you know what King of Can is? A great book. It's well worth a read. Oddly, the book is the book is great. The book is great. Um, there's not that many documentaries. I, I think Lloyd Kaufman's done a few and Troma have done mm. a few on Cam, which are very mm. interesting. But but generally, there's not a huge amount of stuff on there in Cam, which su- always surprised me because it's such there a... Was, am I right about this? Wasn't there a few years ago? I can't remember if I might have even been slightly involved. There was something... The BBC finally did like a little excerpt they, on the market rather us. than the festival. We it was us. That. It was 10 Dead It was Men. us. Yeah. We did do, we yeah. did do it. Ten um, years, that was just Nev. Ten years, Nev, just... Nev, Nev Pierce from oh, Empire. Nev Pierce. Or total film, sorry. Total and film. also a very talented filmmaker in his own right. And yeah. my old university chum. So, um, yeah, yeah. So he did, um, we did, uh, they, the, the BBC, and I think it, do you know what? You've I got think a, it's still you've got online. A much better, you've got a much better memory than <laughs> Only for random stuff. But yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, if I remember rightly, it's still, it was still online a few years ago. Wow. Trying to get out. Yeah. Because so it was, 
because they did interview actual salespeople about selling films, which was yeah, different. it was a really interesting kind of mini documentary that Nev did, um, and we were we were part of it around Ten Dead Men. Um, but yeah, definitely check that out. So, um, Ross, where can I find out more about you? Oh, uh, on Twitter and Instagram, it's at Ross Boyask, and on Facebook, just type Ross Boyask in if you dare to. Uh, and then also this film that I've done. <laughs> Uh, it's called Vengeance and it's at Vengeance Film UK on Twitter and Instagram and Vengeance for Film on Facebook and there's loads of films called Vengeance so it's a big yellow poster hopefully you'll see that uh, and also check out the Evolutionary Films social media which is at Evo Films UK on Twitter and Instagram and also uh, Evolutionary Films on Facebook and there's a website called Evolutionary Films and stuff because we're doing fairly awesome stuff so hopefully people might like that there you go and Check out that was w- almost that was almost a pick. Like I almost that was almost good. Do you know what? It was <laughs> almost good. Uh, and obviously more. Check out uh, Phil Hobden um, at uh, um, uk where this web, uh, where this podcast is hosted and loads of other stuff. And you can uh, follow us on Twitter. Phil, quick review. Um, and that's kind of it. Uh, thanks for listening. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you for checking. And we'll be uh, we'll be back um, at some point, no doubt. Can I do? Can I? Can I do? Can I do this? Thanks for stopping by, y'all. Hey, thanks, for, thanks for joining thanks for, us, baby. Thanks for stopping by, y'all. Baby. Um, <laughs> and do you know what? It is still on there. Nev Pierce shows you the real can. It was actually left Whoa. for dead. It was yeah. left for dead? Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, And Oh, no, the video's not there anymore. But the webpage is. The webpage it references is is um is there. And Nev did, like, 12 video diaries over a few days. But um, if you go to um, bbc.co.uk slash films slash can slash can underscore diary underscore two dot shtml um it's there i mean that's kind of cool yeah i know and I, just, I just and, and just so as uh listeners know yeah nev, nev has become a very talented filmmaker in his own right like he's been doing really well there you go well look uh there you go thanks very much for your time uh thanks for listening and we'll speak to you soon thank you thank you bye bye, bye. I can't believe you didn't, you didn't remember that was us. Mate, I, that was terrible. Someone once made a really interesting documentary about the Cannes Film Festival. Yeah, dude, it was us. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I remember fuck all. Until you start bringing people, I'm like, I'm like oh, shit, yeah. yeah. But I'm normally the opposite, like that dope story. Never, never mm. would have remembered it.